0: Welcome to Misinformation, the trivia podcast for ladies and gents who love cool trivia and sticking it to annoying teams at Pub quiz. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren. And
1: I'm Julia. Hey, Jewel.
0: Hi, Lauren.
1: So uh, the other day at the gym, I ran on the treadmill. Yeah, it was really bad. I'm getting married, so I'm supposed to be skinny by then. Um, and it's working in the opposite direction in my case. But... Uh, I, I tried to be, I was like, here I go. I'm going to do some cardio. And I was like, I'm going to run for five minutes and then I'm going to walk for five minutes and then I'm going to run for five minutes. I made it to three minutes running <laughs> before I was like, this is how I die. Yeah. I'm going to trip over my own feet and just, and just <laughs> The treadmill is going to
0: just wind your body off. off. Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, that was really bad. So I did three minutes on and three minutes off and I only did it for like 35 minutes. It was awful. But I was thinking like, you know, this was so much easier when I was younger and I was playing sports. Mm -hmm. You know, I did basketball. I did softball. I did, uh, field hockey very poorly. Which this is so funny
0: to me because you're like so anti-sport now that I can't picture you doing any of those (laughs) things. I'm
1: not anti-sport. I like baseball. I like watching baseball. I loved playing softball. I just don't like watch it by myself. I have a fiance who doesn't really love sports, so Mm -hmm. you know I don't like watching sports by myself because there's no one to be like, "Oh my god, did you see that?" Because there's no one there. Um, So (laughs) if you're like
0: me, you can just talk
1: at the TV. Yeah, that's true. You should. I mean, the great pastime is to scream at the television. (laughs) So, um, so I was thinking about playing sports Mm -hmm. and like. All of that all all of that that's <laughs> like wrapped up and wrapped mm-hmm. up into that and mm-hmm. how i'm not athletic anymore <laughs> um and i started uh doing some research and i came across the greatest athlete that ever lived and her name was babe Didrikson zaharias Yeah. Her name, Julia. Oh, yeah. Her name. The greatest athlete. The greatest athlete that ever lived. Okay. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. Perfect. Her uh, given name, born Mildred Ella Diedrickson, was born on June 26th, 1911, the sixth of seven children in the coastal city of Port Arthur, Texas. Ah, yes. Uh, Ah, yes. Port Arthur, Texas. Oh, the waving trees and the oil fields of Port Arthur, right? I don't know. I don't know anything about Texas
0: armadillos uh, yeah rolling by <laughs>
1: uh her mother hannah and her father ole Diedrichsen, they were both uh immigrants from norway um although her three eldest siblings were born in norway babe and her three other siblings were born in port arthur uh she claimed to have acquired the nickname babe after babe ruth upon hitting five home runs in a childhood baseball game but her norwegian mother had called her Beeb from the time she was a toddler so yeah. it's an you know half of one six of one mm-hmm. half a dozen of another uh her mother took in laundry while her father worked as a seaman and furniture maker and in 19 as a what a furniture maker and a seaman a man on the sea julia a man who works the sea <laughs> she's making a face i didn't do that on purpose i didn't do it to gross you out it's your brain <laughs> So in (laughs) in 1915, her family moved to Beaumont and Zaharias began her amateur sports career playing neighborhood baseball. Okay. Though best known for her athletic gifts, which I will go into great detail in a moment, Diedrichsen had many talents. She also competed in sewing. An excellent (laughs) seamstress, she made many of her clothes, including her golfing outfits. She won the sewing championship at the 1931 South Texas State Fair in Beaumont. The sewing championship? The sewing championship of 1931. (gasps) That's the most iconic of the
0: sewing championships in Texas. And
1: it was just one of many championships that she would win in the future. Wouldn't that be funny if I was just like, I was just profiling like just some normal woman, just a girl, but it's not. She's amazing. Okay, here we go. Uh, She attended Beaumont High School. She was never a strong student, so she was forced to repeat the eighth grade and was a year older than her classmates, and she eventually dropped out without graduating after she moved to Dallas to play basketball. Wow. She was also a singer and a harmonica player and recorded several songs on the Mercury Records label. Her biggest seller was the song I Felt Little Teardrop with Detour on the flip side. Was it all harmonica? Uh, I think it was harmonica and song, so it was like... I felt a little teardrop. Yeah, like that. I imagine. Can
0: I can't even name another harmonica player.
1: But besides Babe? Besides her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Stevie Wonder played the harmonica. Uh, Bob Dylan played the harmonica. Hmm. I'm trying to think of anybody else that played the harmonica. I don't know. But like only the harmonica. Oh, only the harmonica. It's like the only <laughs> instrument they play. That's the, like a triangle specialist. Yes. Ah, uh, Yes. <clears throat> I mean, you got to know when to the hit kazoo. that. perfect. <laughs> like, Perfect. No, go ahead. Pretend like you're a kazoo.
0: <laughs>
1: wow, you know what? I stand corrected. That was pretty good. All right. <laughs>
0: All, All right, right, so Babe released some hit she, records. She some released hit some hit
1: singles. Rises to the top of the harmonica charts. Yes, in 1931. So, her first job after high school... She was a secretary for the Employers Causality Insurance Company of Dallas, though she was employed only in order to play basketball as an amateur on the company's industrial team, the Golden Cyclones. Um, as a side... You would
0: think that an insurance team wouldn't want
1: to call their team the Cyclones. I know. <laughs> you know, I didn't think of that, but you're right. They probably would not. Should have been the actuaries. Yes. The Golden Actuaries. The safe drivers. Like... <laughs> the yeah the gentle rains um as a side note the competition this competition that she played basketball for uh was then governed by the amateur athletic union or the aau uh despite leading the team to an aau basketball championship in 1931 Diedrichsen had first achieved wider attention as a track and field athlete now keep that in mind this
0: girl's all over the
1: place oh you're not, Ugh. i have so much to tell you so, she represented her company in the 1932 AAU Championships, and she competed in eight out of ten events, winning five outright and tying for first in a sixth. This is in track and field. Zaharia set five world records in one day at that meet. Dietrichson's performances were enough to win the team championship, despite her being the only member of the team.
0: Oh, my goodness. So, this
1: is just the beginning mm-hmm. of Babe, Babe's greatness. Perfect. So, babe becomes an Olympian. After reading about the 1928 Olympics, she vowed she would one day compete in Olympic track and field. She trained daily with her sister, jumping hedges in the neighborhood. During the qualifying trial, she made the cut in five events, but women were only allowed to participate in three. I know. She qualified for five events, but they were like, you know what, sister? just Give someone else a turn. Give someone else a try. At the 1932 Olympics in Los Angeles, 21-year-old Zaharias received a gold medal for the javelin throw, setting a new world record at 143 feet. The next day, she set a new world record, breaking her own, of (laughs) 11.7 seconds in the 80-meter hurdle, winning another gold medal. After a much-debated tie for first in the high jump at 5 feet 5 inches, which is my height, Uh she jumped Uh me. The judges disqualified the technique she used and gave her the silver medal. So it was oh. like, it was on a technicality, but she still figures. Yeah, I know, right? So in the following years, she was like, I love sports so much. I really want to play some sports. But she wasn't allowed to play a bunch of sports. She was like, where can I play my sports? <laughs> she performed on the vaudeville circuit playing sports. She traveled with teams like Babe Didrikson's All-American basketball team. She had her so own. She all was American like the Harlem team. Globetrotters. She was the only Harlem gl- Globetrotter, <laughs> and she played with the Bearded House of David, the commune team, the baseball team that they all oh, wore long beards. Okay, yeah. yeah. So she would barnstorm with them because no other team would let her play. Wow. Um, she was also a competitive pocket billiards player. Pool. She was played pool. Uh, she was not a champion, however. She was. Ugh. Yeah. So was we the found her w- weakness. weakness. She was noted in the January 1933 press for playing and badly losing a multi-day straight pool match in New York City against famed female cueist Ruth McGinnis. The fact that she played multi-day po- straight pool match is a, a miracle in and of itself. So Babe is amazing at basketball. Mm-hmm. She's going she's doing the vaudeville circuit. She's like <laughs> Yeah, she's doing the She's doing the whole, like, she's spinning it on her finger, mm-hmm. and she would come out on, like, a donkey and, like, dribble. Dribble and, it to
0: herself. Yeah. Pants. And she
1: would, like, flex, like, boo, look at me. I'm yeah. a lady with muscles, you know. And then she was like, you know what? No. I want to play. Real. I want to play real sports. sports for realsies. So she was like, I'm going to start doing exhibition games for baseball because baseball is my new thing. So on March 20th, 1934, Diedrichson pitched one inning in a Major League Baseball spring training exhibition game for the Philadelphia Athletics against the Brooklyn Dodgers. She gave up a walk and no hits. So two days later, on March 22nd, 1934, Babe pitched the first inning of a Major League Baseball exhibition game for the St. Louis Cardinals against the Boston Red Sox. It was reported that under tutelage of Burley Grimes, Dizzy Dean and others, she has learned to stand on the rubber, wind up like a big leaguer and throw a rather fair curve. Did it say if they taught her how to spit? They probably taught her how to spit. I mean, that's that's part of like that's part of baseball, you know, Uh, the Red Sox scored three runs against Babe in the inning before she got Boston third baseman Bucky Walters to fly out to future Hall of Famer Joe Medwick in left field to end the inning. Three days later, on March 25th, 1934, she played for the New Orleans Pelicans against the Cleveland Indians, pitching two scoreless innings and lining out in her only played appearance. So she was never like signed to a team. She just played at yeah, all she, these
0: exhibition games. Yeah. Okay. She, but she would
1: play exhibition games with like professional yeah, baseball teams. that's crazy.
0: She met Babe Ruth that's and he was like super me. impressed. That's like me yeah. going to pitch a ball for the Boston Red Sox. Yeah.
1: You walk out and you're like, hey, guys, give me one of these. Uh, I got it. I'll take it. I got it. Thanks, guys.
0: I've watched some YouTube videos.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know what I'm doing. Babe didn't even have YouTube videos. She was just like, I could probably pay baseball. And then she did. She is also still recognized, still recognized as the world record holder for the farthest baseball thrown by a woman. What? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She was just like, she would pick something up like, oh, what's the sport? I'll do it. And then was amazing at it. I've never done that in my whole life. Okay. My next section is called babe is amazing at golf <laughs> <laughs> exclamation point, <laughs> exclamation point. There is an exclamation point. Uh, she didn't even take up golf until she was in her mid twenties. Then she won the first tournament she ever entered the 1935 <laughs> Texas women's invitational. Uh, she then worked really hard at her game. She hit as many a thousand balls a day. She practiced 10 hours a day. She was like, I'm going to be a golfer. This, now. this is my thing. I'm going to play golf. Uh, shortly after the Texas Women's Invitational, she was denied amateur status, and so, in January 1938, she competed in the Los Angeles Open, a men's PGA tournament. No other woman competed against men in this tournament until Annika Sorenstam, Susie Whaley, and Michelle Wee <laughs> almost six decades later. Yeah. She shot 81 and 84 and missed the cut, but in the tournament, she was teamed with George Zaharias, a professional wrestler. Hmm. Uh, in St. Louis, Missouri, on December twenty third, nineteen thirty eight, uh, George Zaharias, who was a Greek American, was a native of T- Pueblo, Colorado, and he was called the Crying Greek from Cripple Creek. Uh, he did some part time acting, and he appeared in the nineteen fifty two movie Pat and Mike, um, and she also ah, appeared in that movie. Ah, ah yes, the, the classic Pat and Mike. Pat and Mike. Apparently, it was a uh, it was a Clark Gable film, or I'll have to look it up. Did he I'll, play Pat or Mike? Uh, who knows. I think Pat's the girl in that situation, but yeah, toss a coin um Babe and George were married eleven months later and they settled in Tampa, Florida, on the premises of a golf course that they purchased in nineteen fifty one um, The Sahariuses uh unfortunately had no children, and they were rebuffed by authorities when they sought to adopt um but what? Sahar- yeah, they were like, no, you probably wouldn't be good at this that's yeah, it's cruel. Um, Zaharias, but, uh, but Zaharias became his wife's manager. Great. Super supportive. Mm-hmm. Uh, while on vacation in Australia, months after their wedding, he lined up a golf exhibition for her. He was Aww. like, babe, you want to do some work? She's like, yes, I love golf. So, babe became America's first female golf celebrity and the leading player of the 1940s and early 1950s. Uh, in order to regain amateur status in the sport, she could compete in no other sports for three years, which oh. had to kill her because she yeah. loves her sport. So she gained back her status, uh, amateur status in 1942. And then she promptly won the 1946 U- U.S. Women's Amateur and the 1947 British Ladies Amateur, the first American to ever do so. Wow. And three women's Western Opens. She turned professional in 1947. <laughs> so I guess I'm kind of good at this. Yeah. She's like, I could, yeah, I can hit the sure. ball far uh in 1948 she became the first woman to attempt to qualify for the u.s open but her application by her application was rejected by the usga and they stated that the event was intended to be open to men only that sounds like they were scared they were scared of babe because she was a pistol okay there were limited options for female golfers in the 1940s obviously so she was like I'm going to do something about this. And she joined with golfer Patty Berg to co-found the Laters Professional Golf Association, or the LPGA. Oh, we've heard of that. Yeah. In 1949. Um, Berg, P- Patty Berg was the president for the first year, after which uh, Babe held the position for the rest of her life. She was like, and uh, now this is got, for you. I
0: got, th- I'm good. I'm good it's, at all, I'm good everything. at this.
1: It's your turn. Yeah. So, uh, Babe was by far the biggest star of the LPGA. At tournaments, she was a showman and a showboat. Her on-course banter with fans was often off-collar, sometimes crude, but always entertaining. Uh, she gave the people what they wanted, and they came out to see her. Babe star power had often been credited with keeping the fledgling tour alive, and behind the scenes, she worked tirelessly to line up sponsors, sometimes cold-calling companies and haranguing their CEOs until they agreed to sponsor an event. Uh, she also won a tournament named after her, the Babe Zaharias <laughs> Open of her hometown of Beaumont, Texas. <laughs> she also won the 1947 Title Holders Championship and the 1948 U.S. Women's Open on her fourth and fifth major championships. Jeez. She won 17 straight women's amateur victories, a feat never equaled by anyone.
0: So she's like in her 40s at this she's point? She's in her
1: 30s okay. at this point because she was born in 1911, 1911, I think it was. Okay. Yeah. So in 1948, she was 37. Okay. Um, by 1950, she had won every golf title available. Every golf, every golf tournament that would be like, yeah, we can have Babe come on. She won it. Totaling both her amateur and professional victories, Zaharias won a total of 82 golf tournaments. Wow. So Charles McGrath of the New York Times once wrote of Babe, except perhaps for Ar- Arnold Palmer, no golfer has ever been more beloved by the gallery. Uh, in 1950 the Associated Press voted Babe uh, Women Athlete of the Half Century and in her final years as a professional athlete uh, Babe was reportedly earning $100,000 annually from tournaments and endorsements which is equal to $1 million in current Pretty dollars good. yeah that's, that's not bad you can live on that yeah too bad she doesn't have a drink named after her like Arnold the Babe. Palmer. oh yeah ooh we should make one let's come up with one okay this weekend we're gonna come up with one we're gonna okay. tweet out the recipe yeah It's going to involve a a golf tee in some way. I want it to involve a golf tee. Of course. (laughs) It's going to be real cute. Um, She was a close friend of fellow golfer Betty Dodd. And according to Susan Califf, who was her biographer, she wrote a biography just called Babe. Uh, Betty Dodd was quoted as saying, I had such an admiration for this fabulous person. I loved her. I would have done anything for her. They met in a 1950 amateur golf tournament in Miami and became close almost immediately. Biographer Califf wrote... As Diedrichson's marriage grew increasingly troubled, she spent more time with Dodd. The women toured together on the golf Circuit, and eventually Dodd moved in with Zaharias and Diedrichson for the last six years of Diedrichson's life. Victims of the homophobia of the times, they never used the word lesbian to describe their relationship, but there's little doubt that Dodd and Diedrichson were intimate and loving partners.
0: Hmm. While she was still married?
1: While she was still married. Okay. So I'm not 100% sure there wasn't a lot of, like, stories about this. Mm But I get the sense that like George kind of turned a blind eye because she moved into the house with them. Yeah. And I think he kind of had an idea what was going on and was like, you're bringing in the cash. All right. Mm -hmm. Do what you want. But that is an assumption on my part. Yeah. Speculation. So in 1953, uh, Babe was diagnosed with colon cancer. After undergoing surgery, she made a comeback in 1954, and she took the Vare trophy for lowest scoring average, her only win of that trophy, and her 10th and final major with a U.S. Women's Open Championship, one month after the surgery and while wearing a colostomy bag. I know. So with this win, she became the second oldest woman to win a major LPGA championship tournament behind Faye Crocker. Uh, These wins made her the fastest player to reach 30 wins, which was five years and 22 days uh unfortunately her colon cancer recurred in 1955 but she won the last tournament she played the 1955 peach blossom open oh. then was too ill to continue in december of 1955 barely able to walk babe had a friend drive her to colonial country club in fort worth she knelt down and touched the grass one last time she died months later on september 27th 1956 at the age of 45 at the john seeley hospital in galveston texas at the time of her death, she was still a top-ranked female golfer. She and her husband had earlier established the Babe Zaharias Fund to support cancer clinics, and she is buried at Forest Lawn Cemetery in her hometown of Beaumont. During her final years, uh, Babe became known not only for her athletic abilities, but as a public advocate for cancer awareness at a time when many Americans refused to seek diagnosis or treatment for suspected cancer. Oh, wow. She used her fame to raise funds for her cancer fund, but also as a spokesperson for the American Cancer Society. And her work in this arena was honored by U.S. President Dwight Eisenhower on a visit to the White House. It's desperately sad. She was 45. Yeah. That's like nothing. That's so young. Um, she was also not only a, a champion track and field, mm-hmm. basketball, mm-hmm. baseball, golf, obviously. She was also an expert diver, Roller skater, football halfback, fencer, wrestler, weightlifter, bowler, and she was a beautiful adagio dancer. She was named the 10th greatest North American athlete of the 20th century by ESPN. Okay. And the 9th greatest athlete of the 20th century by the Associated Press. Okay. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough, I think. (laughs) I mean, I'm not getting anywhere near there, so. Uh, She was inducted into the Hall of Fame of Women's Golf in 1951. And in 1957, she posthumously received the Bob Jones Award, the highest honor given by the United States Golf Association in recognition of distinguished sportsmanship in golf. Uh, it was accepted by her husband, George, four months after her death. She is uh, one of six initial inductees into the LPGA Hall of Fame at its inception in 1977. Uh, Babe has a museum dedicated to her in Beaumont, Texas, Good. called the Babe's diedrichson Zaharius Museum. Uh, Several golf courses are named after her. A Tampa, Florida golf course that she and her husband owned, the Babe Zaharias Golf Course, was given landmark status. And in 1981, the U.S. Postal Service issued an 18-cent stamp commemorating Babe.
0: Because there's 18 holes on a golf course.
1: Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's sweet. Uh, In 2014, Babe was inducted into the Legacy Walk in Chicago, an outdoor public display that celebrates LGBT history and people. Um, so here are some quotes about her. Okay. So, it, at during the time in the 1930s when she was really like rising up through the golf world. Up through the golf rising world. up through the golf world. Um, sports writer Joe Williams of the New York World Telegram said, "It would be much better if she and her ilk stayed at home, got themselves prettied up and waited for the phone to ring," which to me sounds like he's a jealous bitch. Shh. That's what I think. Joe. But I know, Joe. Uh, I don't remember your name, and also, what the hell is the New York World Telegram? Exactly.
0: It'd be better off if you stayed home and waited by the phone for it to ring.
1: (laughs) In your face, Joe. Uh, Sports writer Grantland Rice, quoted by ESPN, said something nicer about her. He said, she is beyond all belief until you see her perform. Then you finally understand that you are looking at the most flawless section of muscle harmony, of complete mental and physical coordination the world of sport has ever seen. So here are some quotes by Babe. I love these. She said, Before I was ever in my teens, I knew exactly what I wanted to be when I grew up. My goal was to be the greatest athlete that ever lived. And she once said about golf, she said, It's not enough just to swing at the ball. You've got to loosen your girdle and really let the ball have it. <laughs> and my favorite thing, which is like just really embodies her personality, was she once said, The babe is here. Who's coming in second? Heyo! She didn't add the heyo. The heyo was me, but that is some—that's a wow. some good trash talk. Wow! So, Babe Zaharias, she was the best. So, where is the Hol- wheres the Hollywood biopic? I know, you right? Know? Well, there was there was a, a TV movie called okay. Babe, which is a TV movie from 1975. Susan Clark apparently portrayed her in the movie. Um, also, Carolyn Gage began work on Babe, a full chorus, full orchestra musical about her in 2007. Mm. I don't know what happened to that, oh. um, but she was also portrayed by Emily Deschanel in uh, the Sports Heroes episode of Drunk History, and that was very uh, good. Okay. I highly recommend that. Cool. It's on Hulu now, um, but she's portrayed by Emily Deschanel, and it's it's very funny. Cool. Um, and it touches on uh, like all of the high points about her career and everything. Awesome. So... Yeah, look her up. She's amazing. And she's pictures of her. She's really, she's only 5'7 and like 120 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like she wasn't like a physically imposing person, but apparently she was like tight, muscled, super strong, and was just had an incredible control over her body and just excelled at literally everything she put her mind to. So
0: she's the female athlete to know from the early part of the 20th century. Yes. For sure. Yep, definitely. Especially golf. Especially won golf. some medals at the Olympics for track and field.
1: Yeah. Played baseball, yeah, with did the big leagues. Name a sport she did it, except for hockey. But that's because she grew up in Texas. Yeah, there wasn't any no hockey like there. Skating ponds, there. Yeah, no skating ponds. So my quiz this evening is called Babe and Babes, a quiz on pigs and movies featuring character actor James Cromwell. Question number one: Pig-like dinosaurs once roamed the Earth during the early Miocene period. And are sometimes called Terminator pigs or hell pigs due to their size. What is their official name? Question number two: The Green Mile starred R. James Cromwell as warden Hale Moores and was based on a book by what well-known author? Question number three: True or false: Pigs were used during ancient warfare. Question number four. Name the AMC TV show that depicts the fictionalized insider's view of the computer revelation of the 1980s and 90s. Hint. The show's title refers to computer machine code instruction HCF, the execution of which would cause the computer central processing unit to stop working. Question number five. Cromwell played Prince Philip to Helen Mirren's titular queen in The Queen. What is the real life Prince Philip's title? Question number six, what is a male pig called? Question number seven, James Cromwell was also in Secretariat, a movie about one of the greatest racehorses in American sports history. Within five years, what year did Secretariat win the Triple Crown? Question number eight, don't think too hard. Which country has the largest population of pigs? Question number nine. James Cromwell did the voice of the villain in Big Hero 6. Was that a Disney movie or a DreamWorks production? And finally, question number 10. I'm going to name four things, and you're going to tell me if they're pig breeds or British slang terms. First is mulefoot. Second, carried underarm. Third, wezak. And fourth, collie wobbles. Give you a minute to think about it and we'll be right back with answers. okay okay Okay. question number one pig like dinosaurs once roamed the earth during the early miocene period and are sometimes called terminator pigs or hell pigs what is their official name
0: were they like some kind of like razorback or boar or something no
1: no they were called entelodonts. oh
0: i've never heard that
1: word in my life neither had i i'm sorry can you spell Um, it Yes, E-N-T-E-L-E-D-O-N-T-S. Uh, they would have weighed around 1,000 pounds. They would have stood up to seven feet tall at the shoulder and had multiple sets of teeth. They are thought to have been an apex predator and one of the top predators in the area around the American Badlands. This was a real thing? This was a real thing during the Miocene period. So a long time ago. So they're not around anymore.
0: Seven-foot-tall hell seven pigs. Seven-foot-tall hell
1: pigs. That's With why they called hell pigs. With multiple rows of teeth uh this doesn't sound like a real thing <laughs> it was a real thing <laughs> look it up at teledons okay question number two the green mile starred our james cromwell as warden hale Mo- moores and was based on a book by what well-known author stephen king it was stephen king i of course have never seen it <laughs> <laughs> and you've never read the book and like i've it, never pages read the long. book i i know that stephen king writes things that are other than yeah, horror and not horror mm-hmm. um i have always wanted to read hearts in atlantis um, because I know he does uh good like, like um not really science fiction but like kind of like fantasy sure. like mm-hmm. suspension of disbelief kind of thing. But I've just never gotten around to it. Plus, he he writes very thick books. <laughs> He's not great at self-editing, is what I'm th- saying. Okay, question number three: True or false? Pigs were used during ancient warfare. I'll say true. True. I'm picturing some. Well, I'm picturing like Lord
0: of the Rings. Yes. <laughs>
1: You're not that far off <laughs> so alexander the great reportedly used pigs as counterattack to elephants since elephants were terrified of a pig's loud squeals Ooh, okay pigs have also been used for their keen sense of smell to source out buried landmines in more modern wars hmm. also you know truffle pigs yeah um the reason why they use pigs instead of dogs is because pigs won't eat the truffles yeah. <laughs> so and they have just as good of a sense of smell as dogs do Okay, question number four. Name the AMC TV show that depicts the fictionalized insider's view of the co- computer revolution of the 1980s it's and 90s. Halt and Catch Fire. It is Halt and Catch Fire. And I know this was something that came up at one of the um, one of our Geeks Who Drink trivia nights. So I decided to throw it in there. Apparently James Cromwell is in that film. <laughs> oh, okay. That, that TV show too. Okay, question number five. Cromwell played Prince Philip to Helen Mirren's titular queen in The Queen. What is the real life Prince Philip's title?
0: I hate myself for not being able to remember this. Don't it's, hate yourself, Julia. It's not like Prince Consort or something. No. It's like.
1: He is a Duke. Oh. Of. Edinburgh. Yes. He is the Duke of Edinburgh. Okay. Um, his full title is Baron Greenwich, Earl of Marioneth, and Duke of Edinburgh. Uh, I looked up Marioneth to like find out how it's pronounced. And then I went down a Welsh pronunciation hole mm-hmm. and i'm i don't think i've actually emerged from it. now yet. you spell your name with two l's and a double d at the yeah. end <laughs> which actually the double d in welsh is th, is the th sound i was like what are you doing anyway question number six what is a male pig called Is it a boar yes it's a boar um this is interesting a female pig who has never given birth is called a gilt uh and one who has given birth is called a sow Good crossword puzzle. Yeah, good crossword puzzle word, word. Hmm. yes. Uh, Question number seven. James Cromwell was also in Secretariat, a movie about one of the greatest racehorses in American sports history. Within five years, what year did Secretariat win the Triple Crown? 47. No, it was 1973. Yeah. He was the first Triple Crown winner in 25 years and was a chestnut thoroughbred whose nickname was Big Red. Uh, Hmm. Ironically enough, the previous Triple Crown winner was Man of War who was also a chestnut thoroughbred, whose nickname was Big Red. Like the gum. Anyway. Question number eight. Don't think too hard. Which country has the largest population of pigs? The US. No, it's China. Why would you say don't think too hard? Because China has the highest population of most things. (laughs) People. Uh, Bicycles. uh, Bicycles. Uh, uh, Smog. Uh, Pigs. (laughs) That's how it goes. They have 446,422,605 pigs. It's like they have a pig census. Yeah, they have a pig census. They're very they're proud of their pigs. Okay, question number nine. James Cromwell did the voice of the villain in Big Hero 6. Was that a Disney film or a DreamWorks production? It was Disney. It was Disney, just not Pixar. Um, actually, I did not realize this. I've never seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Big Hero 6 is part of the Marvel Universe. Cause it was part of the Marvel like comic hmm. books. I had no idea. Okay. All I remember is like, there's a lot He's of like gifts. an inflatable robot. Yeah. A lot of gifts of the robot, like hugging little boy mm-hmm. or like poking his little belly. He seems very cute. Oh my God. So there's a new movie out coming out. It's um, Winnie the Pooh. Oh, right. It's Christopher Robin. Mm-hmm. And I saw the trailer today. Mm-hmm. I, I did not know what happened to me just a wellspring, I just started crying, uh, just sobbing at my desk because it's like live action and then they have Winnie the Pooh and Tigger yeah. and all. And they're like, they're animated, but they're like computer animated mm-hmm. and he's got such a tiny mouth and they're, they look like the original drawings, you know? Mm-hmm. And like they're kind of desaturated and he's got that little voice and his little mouth was moving and it was just so sweet. So we should probably go see it. Can we go see it, Julia? Okay. okay. It's so cute. After we see Ocean's Eight. Oh no, we're definitely gonna see Ocean State first. That's Friday the 8th. Um go see it, everyone. It's gonna be amazing. Hashtag not sponsored. No, not Content. sponsored. We're just we just really love Sandy Bullock's work. Uh question number 10. I'm going to name four things, and you're gonna tell me if they're pig breeds or British slang terms. Okay. Okay. First one mulefoot. Pig breed. Good. They are an American breed. They are named because its hoof looks like a mule foot. (sighs) Not hard. Not hard. Second one. Carried underarm. Like,
0: like toted. Yes. Carried carried underarm. underarm. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I'll say pig breed. It
1: is a pig breed. It is a Vietnamese pig breed. It is named so because it is small and you can carry it under your arm. Okay. Third one. Wazak. How's that spelled? W-A-Z-Z-O-C-K a slang term yes it means an idiot okay and finally collie wobbles slang it is a slang term it means a feeling of nervousness mm-hmm. you've got the collie wobbles mm-hmm. i just really like that it's cute it's a good word it's a good word be a uh, good name for a pig. yeah collie wobbles the pig Coll- this is collie wobbles my carried underarm pig <laughs> how great is that I follow an Instagram account called Wolfgang2242, and he's got. Oh, naturally. Well, <laughs> well let what, me. What was 2241 taken? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. But he's got, it's this guy who lives in California, I think. No, he lives in Denver. And he's got nine senior dogs of various shapes mm. and sizes. And he has one pot belly pig, and her <laughs> name is Bikini. And it is very funny. She's, she's the queen of the pack. Um, and it's very sweet. So, um, so that was my, uh, topic on babe and my quiz on babes. Great. Thank you, Laura. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm happy to help. Oh, I do have, um, a mea culpa. Okay. It's a personal mea culpa because my dad keeps bothering me about this. So way back when you talked about D-Day at some point in one of your episodes. And I said, oh. I had an uncle who died on the beaches of Normandy. Oh, okay. Yeah. That is not a lie. What I got wrong was his name. Okay. His name was not Sam. It was John. His father's name was Sam. Okay. And my dad was like, what, what are you doing? What's wrong with you? I was like, I've never met this man. He was like, I've never met him either, but I know his name. <laughs> so oh, boy. dad, I'm sorry. That was uncle John who died on the beaches of Normandy and it's buried there.
0: So Thank there you, you go for
1: your service. <laughs> Thank you for your service. John Taglaferro. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> If you would like to correct us on anything or if you want to suggest a future topic or you just want to email us and be like that babe Zaharius sounds like a real pistol. I knew you were
0: going to say pistol. Oh,
1: I just love that phrase. I mean, what's the what's the alternative? Real bitch and a half. Is that a phrase? <laughs> I don't know why I said that. I'm sorry. Eesh. Should not be allowed to drink wine. <laughs> babe Didrikson, a real bitch and a half. <laughs> I'm going to make a t shirt that says that. No, that would be mean to. No, well, you know what? Babe was a pistol. She'd want to say, <laughs> she'd be okay with me making a t shirt like that. Anyway, if you just want to talk to us, you can talk to us. Uh, you can email us at misinfopod at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at misinfopod on Twitter. Uh, we have a Facebook page, misinformation, colon, a trivia podcast. We also have a website, triple com. But uh, in terms of where you can listen to us, Julia, tell the listeners oh, what they want. hey.
0: Okay. Well, you found us. Congratulations. Congrats. Uh, Welcome. And thank you. Um, otherwise, we're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and whatever podcast app you prefer using our RSS feed. Um, also, you'll notice on our website and on our Twitter page, we have a link to our PayPal. If you want to throw us a few bucks to help us with hosting fees and equipment upgrades,
1: Um that would be
0: much appreciated.
1: Uh, we just recently got a donation from Australia. They
0: were not offended by all of the terrible Australian accents we've done over the
1: years. <laughs> you know what? I didn't even think of that, but you are absolutely right. We really mangled up their um, their accent. And I'm going to call out this person in just a second, but they mentioned that they really loved your uh, Rosalind fucking Franklin song. <laughs> So uh, Jillian and Hip Infinity sent us some money. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you guys so much. That was very kind. We appreciate it. Tell a friend. Gold Uh, star. Gold star for everybody. So uh, thanks again for listening, guys. And uh, we will catch you next time. (laughs) Bye. Bye.